0: is so good you know that that wasn't even in my notes but as i read it this morning i read it more than a a couple of times throughout the day because it's amazing how the lord's word will have an impact on your life amen so tonight the message if uh, if he's already put it up there it's just simply the word and what i've done is i've taken that word there's four letters in that word and I've broken it down into four pieces and given you a little bit of something out of each letter of the word. Amen. So Are you ready? All right. So as we start out tonight, first of all, let's read out of Hebrews 4.12. He says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, the joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing is in, in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Amen. Amen. This is the word of God. It's what it does. If you read the Word of God, I I think about the fact that when we first got saved, if it wasn't for the Word of God in our lives, we wouldn't be here. But there was something about the Word of God that when we first accepted it, when we first received the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, something started to take place in our lives. When we uh, accepted Christ Jesus and we confessed Him as our Lord and Savior, something started to take place in our life. Something was stirring up inside of us. Amen. That 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 first letter I'm going to look at tonight is 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 the W, and it and what I've come down to is this: it is a work of progress is a work of progress that god is doing in our life from the time that we got and not just from when we got saved there should be a work in progress every day of our lives if you're serving jesus christ as your lord and savior there should be something going on daily in your life but the thing is is we got to we got to understand it's that word that that, that penetrates us. It's that word that cleans us and heals us and delivers us. It's that word that gets down into the thoughts and intents of our heart. It's the word of God that is motivating us to be changed. There's got to be a progress in our lives. There's got to be something going on in our lives. The very moment that Jesus entered into our lives, something was happening. And if you didn't experience something when you got changed, I got news for you. There there had to be something stirring inside of you. When I first heard the word, before I even got saved, I realized something was happening because of the word of God. The Word of God had already started working in my life before I even gave myself to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because I wanted something. I desired something. I was seeking something. But I didn't know where to go. I didn't know who to turn to. And I got news for you. Religion isn't going to save you. It was the Word of God that was spoken unto my life. It was reading a track, picking it up and reading it. And that Word had an effect on my life. That is the progress that is in the Word of God in your lives, each and every one of you. You need to waken up and realize what God is trying to show you, what He's wanting to do in your life, what He's trying to seek out in your life that you need change. You need change. That's the reason why we came to the Lord, because we were sick and tired of being sick and tired of being who I am. And if you're not sick and tired of who you are, then you, you probably don't want to change but God's Word I don't care if you're reading his word. I don't care where you're at. I don't care how long you've been saved. If you read his word, something is gonna happen. Something is gonna take place. And I don't care how long you've been saved. If you want to read the word of God, and it's gonna change you, it's gonna change the direction you're going in, it's gonna change who you are, it's gonna have a progress of work inside of you that you can't even understand. You don't even know what's going on, you don't even know why you're excited, you don't even know why you're here because God God is doing something in you and wanted you to know that he wants to do something in you. But the problem is, we don't want to change. When we don't want to change, we won't open up the word of God. We won't read it. We won't pray. We won't thank him. We don't give him any credit for anything that's going on in our lives. I was reading an article this morning about a man. He said he went on a 40-day fast with just water. But I noticed he didn't say anything about God. He didn't say anything anything about thanking God for the change that took case in his place in his life because all he was thinking about is himself that's the problem all we think about is ourselves and when we put ourselves first before God nothing's going to happen God says no you got to put yourself aside just like our, our pastor Randy said you got to empty yourself you got to get rid of everything that you have inside of you you got to flush it down the toilet we got to get rid of it because it's garbage. Everything that you consumed in the world is garbage. But that's what the world's looking for. They're looking for all the garbage they can collect. And God says, no, that's not going to help you. That's going to do you any good. That's not going to get you where you need to be at. But God's wanting to change you. God has wanted to bring direction in you. God is wanting you to realize. Now, I want to read out of um, Acts chapter 2. Verses 1 through 4. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated them and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Guess what? When you got saved, you don't have to go back 2,000 years ago. That day of Pentecost happened on you. That day that you got saved, the day that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the day of Pentecost, start stirring in your life. The Holy Spirit came down and filled your heart filled your life, and showed you that there's something different inside of you. There's something stirring inside of you. He said it was a rushing, mighty wind. There's something going on inside of you daily when you read the Word of God. So that brings us to the second letter of the Word, and that's the O. And anybody, can you think of what that might probably pertain to in your life? Nobody has an answer. Come on, anything, anything. No, there's like Pastor said, there's no wrong answer, but you know something, God is wanting you to think out of the box. What do you think that it might be? Well, you know something, God. God has wanted to bring order in our lives. Come on, come on, oh, come on. That's right, order. So let's look at what uh, Galatians 5 has to say. Galatians 5, started in verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, are called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another and humble to love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out that you will also destroy, be destroyed by each other. Verse 16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you may not be able to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you will not be under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, fractions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who like, live like that will not inherit the kingdom of God. But verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with their passions and desires. Since they live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceit, provoking, and envying each other. Amen. Amen. But here God teaches us. The reason why we need order in our lives is because all that stuff that we collected up from the world is still there. And that, that's that change, that that progress that God is wanting to do in our lives is to get rid of all that. And that means he's going to bring order in your life. That means he's going to take things out of your life. He's going to take away all that bitterness, all that envy, all that strife, and all that stuff that is filthy and garbage. He wants to get rid of it out of your life and he wants to bring in order and he's showing you how to have peace and joy and and, and and getting along with one another and not backbiting and not biting one another and not devouring one another, but loving one another and caring about your brothers and sisters in the Lord and going out of your way to do something for one another. But the problem is, is that we want to hold on to things. We don't want to let go of anything. We, want to, we don't want to let God do something that he wants to do in our lives. That word, that, whoa, I'm not going to open up the word today. And, and a lot of us, you know, you think about, well, you know, there's other people use the, the the Bible. Oh, the Bible's. we're used to understanding the Bible. But What are the other terminologies that you can use for the word? Think about it. The book the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures. What comes to your mind, you know, what? of what the Word is? All right? Amen? Jesus says that I am the Word. I am the breath of life. But are we just seeking just one, one, one side, our side, what we want it to be? What is it doing to your life? When you read the Word, is it doing anything? Is it having an impact on you? Is it changing you? Is it getting you up? Is it reviving you? Is it stirring you? Are you getting up in the morning, so, hey, i got to read the Word before I do anything? Are we just running out the door? Uh, Maybe we might have a cup of coffee, but we're jammed. We don't, want to, we don't want to spend any time with God in the morning. We don't want to read the Word because we don't want to have it to have an impact on our lives. We don't want to get anything corrected in our lives. We don't want to get ourselves in the right order that God wants us to have in our lives. So we just go without it. Well, I don't need it today. I don't want it. I don't desire it. I get home and I, we don't even bother to open up the Bible all day long. And yet we want to, want to wonder why God's not doing anything in our lives. We're wondering why nothing's ever changed in our life. We're wondering why our household's in a mess and there's a turmoil there. We're wondering why our marriage is all falling apart and we can't understand why. Because first of all, God's trying to speak to you, but we don't listen to him. We don't want to hear from him. We don't want to understand that God is wanting to bring order in our life and bring some changes in our lives and get us in the direction that he wants us to go in and not our direction. You know, I've mentioned this a few times already before in Joshua from crossing over in Joshua 3, verse 1. He says, Joshua was up early and on his way to all with all the people of Israel with him. He arrived at the Jordan camp before crossing over. After three days, leaders went through the camp and gave out orders to the people. When you see the covenant, the chest of God, Your God, carried by the Levitical priests, start moving. Follow it. Make sure you keep a proper distance between you and it, about half a mile. Be sure now to keep your distance. You will see clearly the route to take. You have never been on this road before. Amen. The Lord is waiting to give you instructions. And I, when I read that, and I keep reading that, and I keep using it, because God is always wanting to give us instructions. He says, "You don't know where you're going." When we cross over, He's trying to tell us, "Listen, listen, listen to what He has to tell you," because He wants you to make sure that you are going in the right direction, because you haven't been there. A lot of times we want to, "Oh, I'm gonna, I know which way to go." I'm not lost, I, I and I thought about that, and I says, me and my wife, I remember years ago, every time we would go to different churches for an events, for for uh, for um, whatever it was, and we would be driving at night, and a lot of times, we would not, we didn't have GPSs back then. We had a map, and so then we got to this, oh, man, we had a, God, you know, we had a call out. God, give us directions to get to where we need to go. And God's still wanting us to do the same thing today. He's wanting us to call out on Him so that we can get the directions, so we can get to where He wants us to go and not where I want to go. Because a lot of times where we want to go is not where God wants us. Where we should be at, we're not. Because God is not directing your way because you're not listening to Him. Amen. The third letter tonight, the R. How many can think of what maybe the R might be? Anybody? Come on, say something. Huh? hold on to that thought. No he helps us run our race. Amen All right Let's look at first Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 as do you not know that in a race all runners run, But only one gets the prize. Isn't that amazing? Only one gets the prize. But as children of God, you're all winners when you run the race that he's called you to run. Run in such a way that you get the prize, he says. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do not get a crown that will last. But we... Do it to get a crown that lasts forever. You know, when you read that, you've got to realize there's a distinction. He says, some people are running a race, but they're not running for an everlasting crown. What are you running a race for? What are you seeking? What are you desiring? Because God's talking about an everlasting crown here. But he says there's some that are running a race that don't get that. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body. Pay attention to this verse 27. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I want to read verse 27 again. It says, No. I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. What God is trying to get you to run you to realize when you run that race, you have to you got to get your body to submit to you. He says, to make it your slave. You have to understand that your body is going to do whatever it wants. This flesh will do whatever it wants. But God wants you to put it onto subjection. He's wanting you to control it. He's wanting you to give it over to Him. He's wanting you to understand that His Word is going to help you to run the race, but also that you have to realize that your flesh is going to get in the way. One thing about running the race is God is wanting you to run that race, and He's got a direction for you to go in. But one thing is you got to realize you can't be looking off to the right. You can't be looking off to the left. And for surely, if you're looking behind you, you already lost. I'm serious. If you kind of look up behind you to find out if you're winning, you've lost. Because you already lost time. While you're turning around to see who's behind you, they just passed you. Amen? But you know, sometimes when we're running that race, we we we, uh, we we mess up. We trip. We fall. What happens when you trip and fall? Do you stay there? Come on. Do you stay down? What do you need to do? What happens if you can't get up? Who are you going to call on? That's right. The Lord is wanting us to call out to Him. We might find it difficult. We might find there's pride in our lives and we don't want to call out to God and ask Him for help to get us up out of the situation that we put ourselves into because we allowed our flesh to take over. But He's wanting us to call out to Him. Well, he's wanted us to realize in 1 Peter 5, he says, in verse 6, humble yourselves therefore before God's mighty hand, and he will lift you up in due time. He says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God is there to help you. He's not going to push you back down. He wants to pick you up. He wants to lift you. If he has to, he will carry you. I don't know about you, but I've been in situations before I even got saved and when I got saved that I needed God to carry me because I didn't know how I got where I was at. I was pretty messed up when I was in the world. Drugs and alcohol messes you up, messes your mind, messes your body, messes your heart up. But he pulled me out of situations that I shouldn't have been pulled out of. That's the grace and mercy of God. Think about how many times he's pulled you out of things when you've fallen. But you have to call. He's wanting you now that you're saved to call upon him, wanting you to realize that he's there for you, wanting to realize he wants to give you the give you the help that you need. In Psalms 50:15 he says call on me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and I will and you will honor me I will deliver you and you will honor me. If you call on him, you're going to be thankful. You're going to be grateful. You're going to be calling out to him and say, I give you praise and glory. That's why you can come up here during the worship time and sing and praise him and thank him for what he's done in your life because he's done something for you. He's helped you. He's guided you. He's protected you. But you don't call out to him. Guess what? You're not going to want to say, Oh, thank you, Lord. No, you're not even going to do that. You know, sometimes, you know, I don't look around and see what people are doing because it doesn't matter. I, I know who God is. I know who He is in my life. I know what He's done in my life. You have to be thankful for what He's done in your life. You have to be the one... That is grateful for what he's done in your life and how he's pulled you out of them and how he's changed you and how he's made progress in your life, how he's put order in your life, and how he's helped you to run that race. So we're we're down to the last letter. Almost done. Almost done. The D. No, it's not dummy. Beat it. But can you think of anything? No. Come on. Nobody? Huh? (laughs) No, but you might want to dunk somebody else. (laughs) No, this is what he's given me. The D is that he gives us the power and authority over the devil. Romans 16 20 says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Mark sixteen, fifteen, and he said to them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved, but whoever does not believe shall be condemned. All these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues and they will pick up snakes with their hands and they will and when they drink deadly poison it will not hurt them at all and they will place their hands on the sick people and they will be get well amen they will get well God has given us the power and authority over the devil you know a lot of times we tried to give the devil too much credit. Oh, he made me do it. No, your flesh did. You're just trying to put the blame on the devil because you don't want to admit that you did it. I'm sorry, but it's the reality. A lot of times we make bad decisions. We made the decision on our own. The devil didn't help us to do make any decision. We just did it on our own. If we wanted to go out and party, we went out and partied. If we wanted to go out and get drunk, we went out and got drunk. If we wanted to go out and be doing shameful things, we did it. Oh, yeah, we. oh, no, not me, no, uh uh-uh. You know, there's a lot of people that call themselves Christian today, and they think that it's okay to do whatever they want. But it's not. We have to understand, God has changed us. God has transformed us. God has given us a new life. God has given us something special. His Holy Spirit to empower us, to give us authority and power over the enemy. But it doesn't do you any good unless you have the word. This message is all about having the word of God inside of you. See, the problem is, is if it's not inside of you, how are you going to fight? How are you going to get any any direction in your life? How are you going to get any order in your life? How are you going to be able to fight and run the race if you don't have nothing inside of you? See, we put the Bible aside and it sits there. And I remember my mom had a big, huge Bible and it sat there on the coffee table year after, year after year after year after year after year, and it never got open. That's what religion does. Religion says, I, I don't need to read the Word of God. i just listen to whoever's preaching up at the pulpit, you know, on Sundays. But a lot of times, I remember the, as a Catholic, they would read one scripture out of the Bible, and everything else didn't have nothing to pertain to it. That's how sad religion is. You see, somebody knows what I'm talking about. See, I remember those things. I remember that uh, that week that when I got saved, I, I tried to go back to religion. And the words of God says, what are you going to go there for? You've been going there your whole entire life, and they haven't done anything to change you. The only way you're going to get changed in your life is through the word of God. The only way you're going to defeat the devil is the word of God. Jesus, when he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and the devil tempted him, he came back with the word of God. He didn't come back with anything else but the word. See, the devil knows the word. He knows the power and authority that's in the word. And if you have the word of God inside of you, you have the power and authority to put him in his place. But too many times, we don't want to tell the devil, get out of my house. Get out of my home. Get out of my life. Oh, no, we just walk them in. Oh, it's okay. Have a seat over here. It's okay. No, you're not okay. Get out of my house. Get out of my kid's life. Get out of my grandkid's life. Get. Flee. And guess what? He's going to run. Not only is he going to run, his tail's behind in front of him because he's trying to run so fast. But we don't want to tell him to get lost. We don't want to tell him anything because we like his presence in our home. Really? Do you really like him messing with you? Do you really like him telling you what to do? Do you really like it when he's messing your relationship up? Do you really like it when you lose your job because you listen to a lie instead of the truth? But that's what he'll do. I'm going to read Acts chapter 2 again. Verse 1 through 4. He says, but this time it's a, a different version. I forgot to write it down. He said, the feast of the, When the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place without warning. There was a sound like a strong wind, a gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread, spread through their ranks, and they started speaking in numbers of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. Amen. You know, uh, and then I says, it says a gale, a gale storm. And a gale storm, I, I looked it up to see what it had to say about it, and it says, is a persistent, harsh, and incredible strong wind with speeds between 31 and 63 miles per hour. Uh, Gale-force winds are usually seen in coastal regions. Gale-force winds can sometimes happen without the help of any strong weather system. And if conditions are optional, when they do occur, they can last all day. They just, boom, pop up out of nowhere. But here day of pentecost they're in the upper room and here's this storm taking place in this upper room and these people came because they wanted what jesus had for them they were told to wait and they waited and they wanted something different and they started speaking in new tongues and they started seeing things happening and hearing different languages being spoken and the wind uh, and the power of the holy spirit fell upon each and every one of them because they desired change they desired to see what god was going to do in their life and the, jesus ta- as i read that scriptures in john chapter 17 he said that they know who you are god has given them and they were his God says, Those are you're, you, are children of God. God gave them to Jesus, and Jesus says, They were yours already, Father. But He gave them to the Lord, and He said, He was glorified through them. Why? Because of the lifestyle that they wanted to live because of the change that was taking place in their life because of the word of God that was being preached and spoken and they were being discipled by the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't just come and go as they pleased. They wanted to hear something that was going to change their life and they wanted to take that same message out to the world. That's why we have... Churches all over the world today. That's why there's missionaries all over the world today because the gospel is still being preached even after Jesus has been gone and went to heaven over 2,000 years ago because of the Word of God that has an impact on lives throughout time after time after time after time. The Word of God, it will always change, not change. It will not change, but it will change you. It will change you. Luke 24, this is the last passage that I'll read tonight, out of verse 45 through 49. And he went on to open their understanding of the Word of God, showing them how to read their Bibles this way. He said, you can see now how it is written that the Messiah suffers, rises from the dead, and on the third day, and then a total life change through the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed in His name to all nations, started from here, from Jerusalem. You're the first to hear it and see it. You're the witnesses. What comes next is very important. I am sending you. T- I am sending what my Father promised to you. So stay here in the city until it arrives. Until you are equipped with power. From on high. The day of Pentecost. He sent them his promise of the Holy Spirit. When people get saved. They have the promise of the Holy Spirit waiting for them. That's their day of Pentecost. That's their day of opening them up to the truth. The word of God that's going to change them forever. Amen. 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 Amen praise God. So tonight I just in closing, you know the word is important. It's what you do with it. It's if you open it up in your life, it'll have an impact. but you have to be the one that wants to open it. It's there. It's sitting there. That book, the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God is waiting for you. But what will you do with it? Daily, we need to meditate on His Word. Daily, we need to read the Word. Daily, we need to get right with God because we're messed up. We're messed up. I don't care how good you think you are, you'll mess up. Amen? Amen. Father God, we just praise you and glorify you, Lord God. We thank you for your word tonight.